Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Welcome back to the Start of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures and the team behind the Startup of the Year community. And this very podcast, thank you for being here. All right. On this episode, I'm actually out in Detroit, Michigan right now, and I'm attending a conference. It's the 37th Annual International Conference on Business, business Incubation. It's uh, produced by NBIA, which is an organization we're a member of. And uh, it's a great group of people, all ecosystem builders that are doing different things to make sure that uh, entrepreneurs are successful all around the country and world. So I uh, wanted to, though, keep this, keep this podcast flowing and uh, excited for today's guest. Today's guest is actually uh, somebody that has been a community member of Start the Year for a while and a contributor as well. Uh, it's Catherine Finney, and she's the founder and managing partner at Genius Guild, a Chicago, Illinois-based venture fund or fund that is invests in scalable businesses led by black founders using innovation to build and promote healthy communities. She's written a couple books. Uh, her latest is actually, it was out last summer. It's called Build the Damn Thing, How to Start a Successful Business if You're Not a White Rich White Guy. And it made the uh, Wall Street Journal bestselling list in the first week of release. So obviously something you want to check out. I had a chance to read it uh, a little while ago and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, she's got a really interesting background and, and perspective. So give it a read if you haven't already. And uh, look forward to catching up with Catherine here f- very shortly. But first, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of things happening here in the community. First, we've got uh, the SBA is hosting their second annual America's Seed Fund Week, and it's May 15th through 18th. So uh, if you aren't familiar, go check it out. Go to America's, with two S's, America's Seed Fund.us. So America's Seed Fund.us, and you can register for the free event. It take, takes place online, so you don't need to leave anywhere but your home office or or office in general and check it out. And again, mark your calendars, May 15th through 18th. You're not going to want to miss it. All right. Also, we like to shine a light on an amazing company in our community. And this week, we're going to shine a light on boom, 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 Payby. It's a all-in-one fundraising events platform uh, for nonprofits hosting events on any platform. Payby's uh, event features provide an ability to streamline your fundraising, event planning, executing, and follow-up through cutting-edge technology tools. Just uh, go check out Payby, P-A-Y-B-E-E, dot I-O to learn more. All right, let's jump into that conversation with Catherine Finney. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right. We've known each other forever. <laughs> long time, yeah. Forever, yes. Yep. Very long time. So appreciate you being here. And it was funny, we were just talking, like, we, we actually hung out last year about the same time. Might even been on Sunday or Monday or the, of South by. We just happened to be here. And then here we are again today. So I appreciate yeah. you, you being here and sitting down in these comfy chairs to talk a little bit about what you're up to. Um, so your book, I, I actually read, and I'm very excited. I want to talk about that first. And then we can kind of talk about anything startup related that's been happening <laughs> just anything in yeah. startup land yeah. that's been happening yeah whatever you want to talk about um, so your your book really is interesting because it talks about your 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 background and your history and you you actually started this as a blogger a uh, fashion blogger which is really interesting and um, in the, you were an early early blogger in 2003 
way back in the day. Yeah. It was it's like so 20 years long ago. ago. 20 years ago. It's 20 years ago. I can't even. That's crazy. I was an infant. Yeah. I was, I was a child prodigy. They're, they're breaking glasses um, back there. They're, I know. Huzzah. It's having fun. It was so long ago yep. that there wasn't a what you see is what you get platform. Right. So I had to build it off of a platform called Gray Matter. Gray Matter. Does yep. anyone here remember Gray Matter? I Probably do because I'm, I'm a programmer and I know that, but, I don't think, but that's about it. I don't right? think, yeah. So Gray Matter was actually created by a gentleman named Noah Gray mm-hmm. who lived in Houston and he created it as like an online diary for himself. Yeah. Um, and this is pre-WordPress, right? Pre-WordPress. And in fact, Matt Mullenweg, the, the CEO of Automatic and founder of WordPress, told me that Gray Matter was the influence for WordPress. Wow. But this was so back in the day that I actually had to learn MySQL databases. I had to learn how to build databases. Yep. I had to learn PHP. Yep. And I had to learn HTML for the picture of the shoes that I bought for $13 at Nordstrom's Rack. <laughs> To show up. That's a lot of work. All of that. And wasn't there p- Pearl in there too or something? Wasn't Pearl was yeah, in there. I mean, it was like all this stuff <laughs> yeah. for my budget shopping escapades to be recorded. That's pretty, so was, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of work. Nowadays, a lot of work. Nowadays, you do it on your phone in 10 seconds, right? I know, right? It's crazy. It's yeah. like a whole new world. A whole new yeah. world. But um, 20 years ago, you come a long way. But what I thought was interesting about it is that you, you scratch this itch about trying to you know, cover what you, what you were passionate about at the time. But then you share a story about a startup idea that you had and how that was met not so great with the current economy, the current uh, ethos, I guess you could say in the, in the world in New York city and that timing. So, and that kind of has propelled you towards what you're doing now. I mean, I think one of the things that we're seeing and a challenge we're seeing with the startup world right now is really this extreme hubris, Mm -hmm. um, both in investing and just the ecosystem in general and how that's coming back to kind of, bite us in the ass for lack of a better <laughs> word it, it really really is yeah. and so in 2009 i had this successful online content company and i wanted to create it was like a beauty box for like black women yeah um which beauty companies are humongous huge. like you were on to like this cutting edge right? like this is where it's billionaire company billionaire co- billionaire, billionaire Shea moisture unicorn. yeah which is a major ethnic hair care brand Sold to Procter and Gamble for almost two billion. That's what I'm saying. These are unicorns you're building. Um, the exits are massive. Yeah, in these and you were on it right? early, early, early. And and the margins are ridiculous. Yeah, because I mean, how much care, is it? They're like tiny little like things tiny that they sell bottles. for hundreds of dollars, and you're like, it's like some coconut oil yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, really and cheap. And it's yeah. like an eighty percent margin. Ridiculous. And stuff like yeah. that, right? But and the best part is, it's a built-in business model because built-in. it's reoccurring revenue. Reoccurring you need to keep buying revenue. it. Like, I otherwise know I have to get happen. my hair done. Exactly. Like, I know that. That's Amazing. not even, like, you don't have yeah. to tell me. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. And so you have this built-in, loyal customer base. Yeah. Amazing margins. Yep. And yet, when I went to pitch the idea, I was met with, really, the first time in my life, people not having low expectations. They had no expectations. Wow. And so I grew up in Minnesota. So I was used to being the only little chocolate drop in a room. Mm -hmm. So that didn't have have any problem for me. It was, they literally didn't think I could do it. Yeah, but also you're a Yale grad. Like you've got some chops. You're you're not like, you know, just like, oh, I just came out this. All the resume. I know what I mean. The resume was good. The resume was tight. Right, 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 right. But it was just literally because of my gender and my race. It was just like, you can't do it. Right. We don't even... It, and, and that really impacted me 
Because someone like me who had all of that and had to go through that, what about people who, who didn't? Who don't have that. Yeah, no. It's right, and that was a lot to have, right? Right, yeah. So, yep. I'm loud. You guys can still hear me, right? Even uh, without it, the cut, it cut out a second okay, ago. Loud. Yeah, we're loud. Um, seven-year-old. I'm <laughs> That's it. We both have seven-year-olds. Right. Yeah, so. You know, as a parent, your voice just get louder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, yep. No, I'm told you. I'm have hoping to. when he's 18, it comes down. <laughs> um, so yeah. So you you basically you you got you got a, basically told like this isn't ever gonna work. Yes. In a time when you're like, I know this is gonna work. I know. And there's now been like multiple companies that have yeah. that has worked. Not the exact same brand or company, but it's work. So how do you feel about that? It's got to feel like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. Well, I think it's, one, I'm happy to see those companies succeed. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think, two, it's a lesson for all of you entrepreneurs out there is to listen to yourself and to your inner gut and to your instinct. Right. And don't listen to people, especially people who don't know shit about your industry. Right. So you went on and you started something else because yeah. you saw this as a problem. Let's talk about that. So I sold my company, um, and it was weird because I was at a pivot. I was at an inflection point yeah. where I either had to take private equity mm-hmm. or venture to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was around 2010, 2011, and I had a lot of conversations with PE firms. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to be the budget fashionista forever. Like, mm-hmm. I actually want to do something different. And so I was like, I sold it, and I didn't do an earnout. So I sold it for less than when I could have sold it took because I was sum. like, I'm done. Yeah. Like when I say, I was like, I do not want to work for someone else. Right. I don't want someone else's opinion, and mm-hmm. that's just the type of person I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good part of of people kind of ignoring you is that when you have the exit. All the money was mine, and I oh, didn't have nice. to give it to anybody. Right. And so I was like, thank you for that. Yeah. So, but then I started an organization called Digital and Divided. At the time, I was working for a company called Blogger. Oh, yeah. Blogger yeah. Um, also got bought, too. So it was part of two exits in about like a three-year time period. Blogger got bought, and I saw the power of, of really this sort of startup ecosystem in creating my own personal wealth, right. but more importantly, allowing me to live the life that I wanted to live mm-hmm. because I didn't have to work for anyone, right. which meant that I could choose the spaces I wanted to be in. Yeah. And that was very, very powerful as a woman, but particularly as a woman of color yeah. that I didn't have to be anywhere I did not want to be. Well, that's good. And, that's, and that is the freedom. upside. It's freedom. freedom. It's the freedom that, that comes is- from entrepreneurship. That you get to choose your own damn day. Absolutely. Right? And I love that in your book, that's what you that's how you highlight it. Yes. Like this is what entrepreneurship is. Being cre- being able to be creative yes. and be free. And be free. You get to live a creative life in which you can control. Exactly. And I think in today's market, yeah. I think we all want to live a creative life. Absolutely. In which we control, yeah. Um, and we don't want to be at the hands of other people. And so that was what was amazing about that. I wanted to give other people who look like me yeah. that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so we started Digital and Divided. We started off as a conference. Yeah. We're like, we're going to ask every black woman who's in startups tech space. We don't even know. Like, just come to New York. We're like, that, what we year was that? Because that was early. 2012. That's what I mean. That was early. Like, now you've seen like a movement towards yes. you know, funding more black startups and yes. founders and diversity and inclusion. But, but you were like 2012. That's like 2012. 10 years ago. When we started. 11 years ago. People literally said, we don't see 
black startups as innovative. What? To our face. Wow. That is crazy. However, we're interested in black people as employees. Oh, geez. And I'm like, so we can work for you and execute on your ideas, but we can't do our own. Or you want us to bring your ideas, our ideas to you so you can monetize them. Wow. And then we get nothing for it. I mean, literally, this was like the narrative. And that's 11 years ago we're talking. Not even that long ago. ago. Not even that long ago. Wow. And so Digital Divided was amazing. I mean, the amount of women who continue to come out of it. But in the beginning, we had like Issa Rae is a Digital Divided alumni. Lovey AJ. Oh, wow. um, Stacey Philpott Brown, who's the CEO of These are all kind of going on their own path and they have big things going. You know, Kimberly Bryan, who's the founder of Black Girls Cult. Like, you think of every black woman who you know in this space. Um, Brian Bracken, who's with his wife Candace, yep. was one They're of here. our mentors for yep. many, many years. Um, it, just the people who came through the organization and continue to come through the organization, um, it's really, really impactful. And so it's one of the greatest things I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like, I'm not at the organization anymore. Yeah. And I love seeing it thrive without me. And that's the other thing I would say as an entrepreneur when you're building your companies. Mm-hmm. Create a foundation for it to exist without you. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get your exit, actually. Right. Is that you need it to be able to exist without you so someone else can take it and take it to the next level. Yeah. And that you can get your exit. You can get that sort of return for your investment of time. Otherwise, you're tied to it forever. There's no freedom in that. Until you're tied for it forever. Because it's your brand. It's your name. It's everything. Yeah. There's no freedom. None. And yeah. most of us as entrepreneurs want to do a lot of stuff, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you don't want to just do one thing. Forever, yeah. And so if you make it so tied to you, you're not able to exit. That makes sense. And it's not able to breathe without you. Right. So now you, you, you left Digital Undivided. You've got your own, uh, basically, fund, and, and yeah. you're doing some things there. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so what, how did you make that next step and go say, you know what? I, I've done enough here. I'm going to go start a fund and start investing in, in women, black women. In many ways... Digital Divided was the MVP um, for Genius Guild. And it was like a perfect storm. Like, the pandemic happened. I'm a trained epidemiologist, so you can imagine what my my DMs were like March 2020. Yeah, you're probably like, Um, okay, we're good. What the hell is going on? It's like similar to today. What the hell is going on? I'm like trying to explain it to people. Yeah. Um, We've had a lot of those lately. Yes, a lot of those lately. So it's a perfect storm. I'm mm-hmm. from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, so George Floyd was murdered six blocks away from where I went to elementary school. Oh, wow. So all these things were happening at the same time. Yeah. I was supposed to go on a trip to Alaska. Wow, that's fun. In April yeah. of 2020. Oh, geez. I do not think that cruise has left to this day. Wow. And I just felt paralyzed. Like, I couldn't do anything. I think we all kind of, like, what can we do? Yeah. Um, and so I took the money and I started something called the Dooney Fund, named after my grandmother, who I'm named after. Her name was Catherine. Um, her nickname was Dooney, and everyone called her Dooney. I didn't know her real name until I was like 13. Mm-hmm. I was like, your name is Catherine? She's like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> You're you named after that. me. <laughs> <laughs> You're named after me. I was like, oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Um, and gave out micro grants to black women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was to quickly get this money to black women entrepreneurs. No questions asked. Wow, that's fantastic. Just was like, do whatever whatever you need to get through this crazy period. Wow, that's great. And what started off as $10,000 of my own money, at the end, we ended up giving out $150,000 in a six-week time period. Wow. With a process we hacked together ourselves. Wow. Um, using Airtable, Typeform, 
um, PayPal, you know, some some tears as well. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, it was really powerful mm-hmm. to see the ability as a black woman to be able to move capital like that mm-hmm. and help incredible. people and help people. Yeah. It's very, very powerful right. coming from a community where we're not trained and really acknowledging how to move capital and the power that we have. Yep. So that really was a catalyst for Genius Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, we were fortunate that we have amazing partners that we have to this day. Pivotal Ventures, which is a venture investment arm um, of Melinda Gates, has been a, a supporter for, for many years mm-hmm. and really saw the vision and we're like, we seen we know that you know how to execute. Yeah. And so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna back you on this and figuring it out. Yeah. And so we've currently our we currently have eleven companies in our portfolio. Mm-hmm. We have three LP investments, which has been like amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know, right now it's a very interesting time to be in venture. <laughs> Absolutely, we don't have to go too deep into it, but we kind of know what you mean. Yeah, I think in general, I, I think as an industry, yeah, the industry needed to be humbled a bit. Yeah. Definitely it was. Really need to be humbled a bit. Or is there's an arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, to be perfectly honest, ninety-eight percent of the world has no idea about what's going on or care. Yeah. And I think ventures elitism, and I'm not just talking about race and gender. I'm talking about class and geography as well. Yeah. Especially geography is going to come and bite the industry in the ass now. Yeah. Because. There are going to be significant regulations coming. Mm-hmm. You can almost bet that. Yeah. So this does not happen again. We're so talking. This does we're, not we're, happen again. We're alluding to the uh, SVB collapse the other day. Those who are rural communities yeah. in you know the red states, quote unquote, yeah. that get very little venture funding right. and very little investment, they're not incentivized to save Silicon Valley. No. They're not. Um, and so, and Silicon Valley has not exactly done the best jobs building relationships with them, right? right? right. So, and now you need them. The money. <laughs> like, and they're yeah. like, Nice to meet care. you. I need your money. That's right, not gonna like work. we yeah. need you to bail us out. And they're yeah. like, no. nah, we're not interested. We're good. Yeah. There's no political upside for us to do this, right. you know? And so... But I, it does impact startups. It has a huge impact on startups, right? Right, right. It's the, the hubris of the investor mm-hmm. who is supposed to protect the startup. Yeah. They didn't realize that building relationships with those, particularly in government yeah. and in other areas, regulators, yeah. right, who are the right. FDA, uh, building those relationships also help protect your startups too. Right. Right. Because when things go bad, right. these are the people you're going to need to come in and help save them. Right. These are the people you're going to need to figure out loan products right. that are not predatory for your entrepreneurs. And so... There's so much I, irony yeah. in that because we, you know, as, as VCs, you're yeah. know, saying, always say, go talk to people, VCs and others when you don't need them and yeah. ask for advice. But we and don't all do that. But we don't do it. <laughs> well, I do that. I mean, yeah, but, I, know, yeah, because we, we know because relationships matter because we talk yes. about community. Yes. Like, that's where we come from. We come from building community. We come, come from building communities. Yes. I think if you came from... I think those who come from a much more traditional investor yeah. background... It's a transactional investment. A very group. transactional, yeah. banking. Yep. That sort of deal, private equity. That way, yep. They don't understand the importance of building relationships with diverse actors, right? And they don't understand that you're going to have to depend on these folks. We well, just never know. At some point, because you don't know, right? Yeah, no, you don't know when you're going to need them. Yeah. So you build the relationships before you need them. So now it's like, right. oh man, like you know, how do I 
How do well, I talk to my senator? How do I talk to my congressman? I'm like, if you've never talked to them before, why would they want to take your call well, now? And I think there's an, uh, kind of an under underarching theme there, which is ultimately equality, right? Equality. If you treat everyone the same, you wouldn't have that problem, right? Right. But there is a little bit of a disregard of government right. in the innovation space, right? And this idea of that we don't need you right. or we didn't because we're you. better. We're better than you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You guys are slow. Right. You don't know what TikTok is. You don't <laughs> know like you know all this right. like sort of making fun of, and then yeah. it's like, oh shit! Now we need you. Right. And we need you like tomorrow. tomorrow like not <laughs> to like next write week. Write us a check for ninety-eight billion dollars. <laughs> we need ninety-eight like billion a, dollars tomorrow, yeah, yeah, please. Right, right, right. And then you wonder why people are like slow to what? move. Yeah. One of the things I was saying to someone. And the airplane, mm-hmm. I was watching news. So I was going through like M- MSNBC, yeah. Fox News, which was painful for me, uh-huh. and like <laughs> CNN. And what struck me was they were all saying the same message of mm-hmm. don't save them. Of all what? of what them. Don't, don't save them. Oh, don't save them. Yeah. Everybody, MSNBC, CNN, yeah. Fox News, right. all of them were like, do not save them. That is the message that's going out to the general I see that, yeah public right which is you know i get that you know it, we just talked a minute ago on the vc yeah. discussion about that and how yeah. maybe that's not the best thing to do but at the end of the day it will impact the entire country so what do you do right right yeah and this is where i think being particularly the community i come from which is diverse mm-hmm. women-led especially as black women we're used to having little money and yeah. we're used to having Being scrappy we're and trained food on how to like figure this out yeah because we don't have we don't have the hubris because we can't afford to have it. Right. We just can't. Like people are not freely giving us money. Right. So every bit of money we have, it's really we have to work really hard for. Mm-hmm. So this is where I say having an ecosystem that diverse mm-hmm. becomes really in handy to those who don't have this skill set. Absolutely. And so what I've said to entrepreneurs is like, look, everything that is not core to your business, cut it. Mm-hmm. Like. Great now. advice. Great like, advice. Get get on your phone and cut Just it. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. If it is not core to your business, yep. if you cannot say this drives X amount of dollars for mm. my business, yeah. you have to cut it today. Right? So yep. that's the first thing. It's nuclear winter. Nuclear winter mode. Nuclear winter mode. Like cut it, cut it. Yeah. The other thing I was saying to people, and I have to say, because my attorney will yell at me. You know, this is not financial advice. No, you know, no, this is, this is not. Don't listen to us. Blah, We're just blah, giving blah, advice. Blah, yep. You know, yep. I've advised my port codes. If you have a line of credit, yeah, take it now. Now, before, before you need it today, absolutely before Monday. Yep. Like, if you have a line of credit available to you, take it out right now. Yeah. yeah. And put it in a J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Somewhere safe. Somewhere well, safe. What's safe? safe? Really, J.P. Morgan's going to come out at the top yeah, of this. I think, I think, I think we I think, can I think, all think, pretty much yeah, guess yeah. they're going to be. But like J.P., you know, Citibank, any of the ones, Bigger look at ones. their credit rating, and yeah. there's like a lot. It's really easy to find. Any mm-hmm. of the ones that have at least double A, yeah. like any of that, any yeah. of those. But take out your line of credit. Yeah. Especially if you're what one of the newer banks. But that's actually advice that yes. a lot of startups don't know immediately. Like immediately. If you ra- the minute you raise funds... You yeah. should take the money because that's the time you actually have money, that's the and they will give you money, money, which is so ironic that you think like yes. that's the way it works, but that's the way it works. And because there's no Monday, not as much risk. 
there's a high likelihood yeah. Yeah. that a number of lines of credits, regardless of where you bank, will be frozen. Yeah. Because they can do that. Even right. though they've given it to you, doesn't mean that they right. have to continue because to give it to you. Because there's a panic. Right? Because of panic, and they want to stop any panic. panic, right? Yeah. Um, it really is, <coughs> really is Monday. Yeah. We'll I see what happens Monday. We'll see what happens Monday. I think... Um, a lot of this was caused by venture, though. Venture yeah, capitalists. Yeah. I will say it wasn't startups right. making risky bets. No. It was definitely some mismanagement. Yeah. But a lot of it was VCs telling their startups, pull out the money, pull out the money, right? right. And it caused this panic. Panic, yeah. So for those of you who are leading companies right now, you know, just check in on your banks. Yeah. Check on their ratings. Yep. See what's on their balance sheet. See what type of liabilities they have. Like, start asking questions mm -hmm. that we never thought we had to ask before, right? Right. Um, if you don't have an account with a blue chip bank, start one. Like ASAP. today. If you like can, well, today. Sunday, Monday. I guess first thing tomorrow. All of the blue chip banks are working all, like around the clock right, right. now to yeah. get people's accounts open. Right. You know, if you don't have one with a blue chip bank, get one. Yeah, Seriously. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. Go into the branch, which might be the easiest way to do it. And I know, like, that's, like, frightening for me. <laughs> I'm, like, scared of bank branches. <laughs> but, like, go into the branch and yeah. start one as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's really about conserving cash. It's really, to be perfectly honest, it's business fundamentals. Yeah. It's having it's, options. You know, spend less than what you bring in. Yeah. Cash is king. Yeah. Put your cash in a safe space right yeah. now. So and always be playing two, two fields ahead. Two or fields two, ahead. Two plays ahead or whatever. Yeah. Think about next month. Think yeah. about payroll in the future. Yep. Think about like what's driving your business really core. Yeah. If it doesn't drive your business, don't do it. And be brutal with not doing it. Like yeah. even, you know, in many ways as a VC, I, I'm running a business, yeah. right? Oh, like absolutely. it's a, it's yeah. a business. And I was saying to our team, we were going to do this big summit. And I'm like, I don't know if we're going to do that. Right. I said, you know, like, do we need to do a big summit? We might just do something on Zoom right now. Right. Is this core? Like, right. do we have to do this? And the reason you're saying yeah. that, just to be clear with everybody, yeah. is not because you're straight impacted, but you're worried about down the road, it could impact the entire economy. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. And I'm always mitigating risk. I actually think that's what makes me a good VC. Because we only have of our portfolio companies one that's been really impacted. Um, so I'm all about, oh, it went off. I, think so. I heard that. Are we done? But I'm all yeah, about yeah. mitigating yeah. risk. Yep. Like, how do I reduce the amount of risk yep. to myself as an investor, to my limited partners, all right. yep. to my port codes, to my community, right. to, my community to all of that, right? Yep. And so I'm thinking six months, a year two years Nothing. down the road. I'm not even thinking about Monday. I've yep. already solved Monday. I've yeah. already kind of figured that out. I'm thinking of six, 12 months. Yeah. And how do I manage our cash flow, the cash flow of our port codes, yeah. and kind of thinking of like what type of needs they're going to need, you know, forward thinking. And I think that's might. really where all of us should be thinking about. It's not even just tomorrow, but like mm -hmm. how do we manage ourselves for the next six to 12 months? Yep. And conserving cash. That's great advice. And thank you so much for being here. Well, that, that was great. I uh, always love catching up with Catherine. And I uh, feel like I always learn something new. So really hope, hope you did as well. And I enjoyed the conversation. And unfortunately, that's the episode for today. So uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. 
it's uh, been a great, great uh, conversation and obviously looking forward to our next podcast. But until next time, I wanted to make sure that you, if you have a startup idea, you get out and get going and get it, get it started right away. Don't wait. And I encourage you uh, to join our community for access to support, expert advice, and all the resources you need to elevate your startup by simply going to startupveer.com or go to the short link, which is soty.link forward slash apply. Look forward to seeing you in our community soon. Well, until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Don't forget to hug your loved ones out there and uh, go make some waves in the world. And uh, in doing so, I hope you enjoy your your journey and uh, good luck starting up. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.